14. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 190 of Four to Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and we're four great tastes that taste great together. And it tastes like old toast and spam. I don't know. Like I said, great. And love. Ew. You made it weird. Thanks, Joel. Well, I was going to make it weirder, but I decided to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we need from you is making it weirder. Actually, it, uh, it does. That's your job. Make it weirder. Right, I was going to say, that is kind of what you need from me. <laughs> <laughs> that is now your task. Make it weird. Oh, All right. Now, and if now it is. what you need is to make it weird. Wait, wait, wait. We have check we ha- out the. Uh, no, no, no. That's a good transition. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's why I let it go. <laughs> uh, you need to go to the podcast collective. Okay, you can go on now. Commercials. That's what we're talking about. Podcast yes, collective. We are. we are talking about commercials, and now a commercial for the podcast collective, where you can find oh, such no. shows as No Hope for Humanity, Dating Baggage, The Empty Rant Podcast, Brand New Mom and the New Dad, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Yeah, Mom and the New Dad looks pretty cool. I like that one. I'm going to start watching that, listening to that one. And I'm holding down with my record. I still have not listened to any episodes of the internet with Scott the Pool Boy. But I have listened to Left Field Sports Lounge, the entirety of their shows, 14 times. Jeez. All right. So if you're looking for our stuff on Saturday, uh, new shows, a post on Geek Life Radio at 12 o'clock noon. You can find us there. And if you're looking for our older stuff, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe. And there's a rumor we're on Last FM. Yep. Last, we are on Last FM? Are, aren't we? <laughs> Is that a thing? I mean, <laughs> Maybe I'm making that up. You might be. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. we were. Sure. Maybe I dreamed it. You might have been having a flashback. It might be something that's coming soon. I don't know. Uh, do we have any uh, listener feedback, speaking of flashback? Because they both have the word back in them. Toast? <laughs> Jesus. I don't remember seeing anything on Twitter. Um, uh, there was a little bit of chatter on uh, the Facebook page, but I, I believe it was mostly uh, pictures from uh, Mr. David Schollenberger. Yeah, his balloon stuff is really sweet. He, he made... But uh, no voicemails. No voicemails? Aw. I bet. I make. <laughs> I'm sorry. Finals are coming up. I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, so finals and just about that time. It is just about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports after this commercial. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, digging around for the theme date for this week's TWI is January 10th, 1984, which was when the Where's the Beef commercial aired and launched, the, the, beef? Yeah, launched the career of a one Clara Peller into a couple other commercials. Yeah, that's what I like about Clara Peller is her range. <laughs> uh, rest in pieces. Soon after this, she played Spider-Man in one of the reboots. She did, actually. That wasn't weird enough. I got nothing for that, man. She was in the Adam-12 reboot, too. (laughs) So Joel. She raced in NASCAR. (laughs) (laughs) She was 
She was a paratrooper for the SAS. She made absolutely. I think she was also in uh, one of the movies from next week, along with Rob Schneider. We'll get to that eventually. All right. So music, Joel, hit it. All right. Week Say, Say, Say by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney is the number one song of the week, followed by Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes and Karma, 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 Karma Chameleon by Boy George. Was it Boy George or was it? Yeah, I thought that was Culture Club. Uh, Culture Club. Sorry. Boy George sang it. Culture Club played it. Featuring Culture. Featuring Boy George. Yes. Featuring and, Culture uh, George. Do any of us and like Mr. Say, Doctor. Say, I don't remember. Does anybody- I hate that song. <laughs> We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> that. That appears later. Keep reading. Okay. January 11th, BBC Radio 1, DJ Mike Reed announces on the air that he will not play the single Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood because of its suggestive lyrics. The BBC places a total ban on the record at about the same time. Really? Yes. This is the yeah. first incident of the not-to-be-yet-mentioned Streisand effect. Wow. All I'd have to tell him is, relax, don't do it. I think it was the, oh, that did it for them. (laughs) I wonder how that worked out for them. (laughs) Right. Uh, Speaking of that, January 21st, relax, which is number one on the UK singles chart. Despite the BBC ban, it will spend a total of 42 weeks in the top 40. Think that's related? (laughs) Yes. So I mean that it stayed on the charts that long because of the ban. Oh, absolutely. I, I think Mike's right. That's the Streisand effect. 42 weeks. That's crazy. Holy shit. I mean, it's a decent song, but wow. All right. January 9th sees a release of Van Halen's 1984 featuring a song Josh likes as much as Pat. Likes Say, Say, Say. Jump. Fuck that song. It's an oddly worded sentence, but yes. Pat loves Say, Say, Say. Josh loves Jump. I hate both those songs. That's reasonable. You're half wrong? Pat. I mean, I kind of like Say, 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 but not enough to... If you're telling me that we could delete both of those songs from musical history, I'd be happy to sacrifice Say, Say, Say to get rid of Jump. And I'd be happy to get rid of both of them. So let's do it collectively yes. as a race. Yes, because we have that power. What race no, would I'm that be? I'm saying we'll start a movement. The human race to get rid of Say, Say, Say and Jump? Yes. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you might as well jump then. Oh, Jesus. Relax. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And lastly, the John Lennon single, Nobody Told Me, was released posthumously on January 9th, which means after he was dead. Which means it's literal. (laughs) Well, we're getting dark quick. (laughs) That took me a minute. I thought y'all would appreciate that. (laughs) Yep. Uh, all right. All right. Moving on to movies. January starts off slow with the release of Angel and Hot Dog the Movie, filling in the ever needed teen sex ski comedy niche, where David Naughton makes the natural progression in his career from Shakespeare on stage to the lead dancer in Be a Pepper ad campaign to starring in a John Landis horror comedy to Dan in Hot Dog the Movie. Yeah, I could see that. Not even that great of a sex comedy. No, there was so much. He better. also had a number one, uh, number one hit on the music charts. David Naughton. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. What song was that? Making it. Was that from the movie Making It? Yeah. No, oh, she's the third part of Say Say. The TV show Making It. Yeah. Oh huh. my god. Well, I mean, at least at least he's well rounded. I guess. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. I th- I mean, 
I mean, if you don't know that John... one of us would be happy to have that career in Hollywood, I'll tell you that. I mean, I'd be glad to be the lead dancer in a Be a Pepper ad campaign, maybe. Do I get to wear tights? <laughs> what are you, Joe Namath? <laughs> I had to mention that because uh, we're not going as far back as the 60s and 70s, but mm-hmm. that's that's a commercial that I was thinking about. All right. Uh, Victor Rasek was born on January 15th in New York City. He is known for his work on Godzilla, raising Victor Vargas, and the acronym of the week, FSOG, which, of course, is Frank's Soggy Old Goiter. <laughs> oh. Oh. Ew. Ew. <laughs> That's the, more or less exactly the reaction I was hoping for. Ew. You know, I've, I've come to realize that none of these movies you come up with ever really have like the potential for a good plot. I don't know. I mean, well, con- consider the movies that are out there. Frank Soggy Old Goiter may be a com- you know, competitor to, like, how to get ahead in advertising. I think it's like a summer blockbuster with Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> God. That uh, is um, actually Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, dude, mine is an upgrade. I'd rather yeah. watch Josh's movie. I would rather watch any Goiter than Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, there's boobs in Fifty Shades of Grey, so... There might it had be... to be a pretty, pretty nice, exciting goiter for me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a goiter that kind of looks like a boob. Ooh. Oh, now you're talking. See, draw a nipple okay. on that goiter. Yeah, no, draw... it's got a tumor in the shape of a nipple. No. <laughs> All right, lactates. God damn it, Joel! Just, damn it! I was just about to say that. Pat's Ugh. supposed to make it weird. Right. <laughs> Terms. Terms of endearment is the top movie in the land because apparently people liked really depressing movies. And then it's kicked off the top spot by Silkwood because depressing. And then immediately after that week, it goes back to the top of top again. So, hmm. yeah, there you go. Well, people are looking for something uplifting after Hot Dog the Movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, David uh, not knew what he was doing. He's he's like, I'm going, I'm going against the grain. I'm thinking people like sex and people like skiing. How can we mix the two? I don't know if David Naughton actually sounds like that, though. No, not at all. He, he doesn't sound anything like Harry Firestein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Fuck you. I'm doing TV and Harvey Firestein. Dude, just that, think if they had Terms of Endearment had skiing. I still wouldn't see it. Your skis of endearment. Oh. The top shows of the land are Dallas, <laughs> Dynasty, and the A-Team. Now you're suddenly turning into the cab driver from Scrooged. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, i got to have another drink here. All right, so anyway, Kate McKinnon, actress and comedian from Saturday Night Live and the <laughs> reboot of Ghostbusters, was born in Seacliff, New York on January 6th. She is a funny, funny lady. And Joel has no shot. Nope, but I can still <laughs> lust. I can lust all I want. Yes, you do. Uh, so TV's Bloopers and Practical Jokes premieres on January 9th. I liked that show. It was like too. a funnier version of America's Funniest Home Videos. Though the practical jokes were never actually like practical jokes. It was like, I'm going to hit you in the face with a ski. Oh, frequently the practical jokes were like those videos you see on YouTube now where they'll set up some ridiculous candid camera type situation. Right, and then they like they bring in, you know, 80 people to quickly change the set in like 30 seconds on someone and yeah, mind yeah. Or whatever. I don't know. America's Funniest Home Video, the videos were funny. It was just Bob Saget that was kind of painful to watch. I think the practical jokes, like you were talking about the, the YouTube ones now, probably my favorite one 
is the one where the construction guy goes into the uh, outhouse and they build like a boardroom. They like quick bring a board, like almost like a boardroom, like building out to it. And everybody's sitting at the table and he opens up the door and he's in the middle of like a presentation. That was a pretty good one. That was a good one. The ones I'm not fans of are the ones where the guy it winds up with, dude, it's just a joke. See the camera? I didn't mean yeah, to. Well, any of the ones, even the ones that uh, scare people, like someone's going to get hurt someday doing those. Oh, yeah. Like the guy who. Oh, was... Hopefully it's the people doing the video. Hopefully. It's a I prank, like... bro, as they're getting punched in the face. Over I like over. the T Rex ones. The T Rex? Yeah, those are, those are good. pretty funny. Now, the one where the guy's driving the remote control car over the golf course and the guy smashes it with his uh, five iron, that's pretty funny. Oh, well, yeah, that that's a uh, French guy. I forget his name, but he is well known for doing all sorts of crazy pranks. Several times at big soccer events, he'd be in the stands wearing the uniform of the soccer team and he'd run up just as they're getting their picture taken and get himself in the picture. I've seen those. Is that the same guy that dressed up as a giant pigeon outside the car wash? Yes. Oh. Also the same guy that did live action Mario Kart. This guy's been doing prank videos for a long time. Hey, Pat, Joel, have you seen the live action Mario Kart? Yeah, I was just going to say, that's a good one. What, he's literally driving through traffic, throwing banana peels over his shoulder at people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I respect that guy so much. All right, moving on to sports. On January 8th, at the AFC Championship game, the Los Angeles Raiders beat the Seattle Seahawks 30-14. to And at the NFC Championship game, the Washington Redskins beat the San Francisco 49ers 24-21. to And that set up your Super Bowl for the year. No, now sorry. that I understand. Yep. I don't even understand football. But were there any maidens? No, no maidens and no no, no cent- bouncers, no centuries, left-handed bowlers, sticky wickets. No, no cricket at all this week. I made a conscious effort. I put no cricket in. Aw, well, considering he had like five paragraphs each the last two weeks, it's fine. That's yeah. True. We, That's we true. can take a cricket break. All right, Luis Aparicio. Harmon Killebrew, which I say is still one of the best names in all of baseball, and Don Drysdale are elected to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame on January 10th. Now, what is that's this? A great, that's a great last name, Killebrew. Killebrew? Didn't he fight Jessica Jones? Uh, <laughs> I don't get that, but I will soon. In You're college, we used to kill a brew or two. Your references are off the hook. <laughs> Everyone knows that, man. All right. Um... On January 11th, the Denver Nuggets defeat the San Antonio Spurs 163-155 to in the NBA's fourth highest scoring game of all time. That is ridiculous. Wow. No, wait. What is the number one highest scoring game? Uh, it was a game, I believe, in Detroit. It was a triple overtime game. It was like 189-182 to or something crazy good, like that. Good God. Jeez. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Each, you know, each team is scoring as much as both teams usually do combined. This particular game in the in this week's twee uh, set a record for most points in one quarter. They scored ninety nine points in one quarter between the two teams. Huh. Just crazy. And then lastly, Ray Kroc, American fast food entrepreneur, uh, founder of McDonald's, and owner of the baseball San Diego Padres, died of heart failure at age eighty one on January 9th. Hmm. Text. Technically, he wasn't the founder, but. <clears throat> No, he wasn't the founder, but he was the he was not the founder of the restaurant, but he was the founder of McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. the franchise. Yeah. yeah. And considering all things considering, the dude probably did he did pretty well for himself. Yeah, and you should, you guys should see the movie. Um 
the founder with yeah, Michael with, Keaton. I almost said it with Michael McDonald. <laughs> you almost be there. <laughs> no, you should. It's really good, and and it tells the story, and a lot of great cast members in there too. That's what movies do. They tell stories. Yeah, that except move. the ones Pat likes. Pat likes stories, and I, and I like what? I like stories. Thank He's you, talking about porn. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't get that. I he, really didn't. Wow. Hmm. So, well, know, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Exactly. This is where we would break the weird, awkward silence. <laughs> right out. After these messages, we'll be right back. Ah. Nice. All right. So July 1st, 1941, the Brooklyn Dodgers are playing the Philadelphia Phillies at Ebbets Field in New York. Before the first pitch is tossed out, a Bolovia Watch Company commercial pops up. And it's just a secondhand ticking, and a voiceover tells everybody what time it is. That is what is considered to be the first television advertisement. 1941, it cost the company $9, $4 in airtime, and $5 in station charges. And uh, yeah, that was the beginning of the television advertisement world. That's crazy. And think about now how much it costs for a commercial Super Bowl or a Super Bowl in a commercial. Damn it's it. Like $18. A commercial in <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, $9 wouldn't get you like half a half a millisecond. Right. They wouldn't even meet with you. How I much have, do you have? Nine bucks. No. I've, I've got $9 to spend on this. You owe me 20 just for talking to me. <laughs> I don't even think you can get a commercial on like a public access for $9 anymore. You can barely get a commercial on Facebook for $9. Not that it's worth anything, but you, you, yeah, you really can't get a commercial on Facebook. So yeah, so that's what we're talking about this week. We're talking about commercials, and um, you know, I think yeah, we're not going to take you from 1941 all the way to 1999, yeah, but no. we are going to start with a a decade of the 1980s. Yeah, um, and honestly, one of the things I mean, there were a lot of great commercials for the 80s. And I think, the, like we said, the number one one that everybody remembers is the Clara Peril, Clara per, that Wendy's Peller. one. Peller, uh, where's the beef? Yeah, th- we should probably apologize to our international listeners at this point because some of the stuff you're not going to know what we're talking about. I'm actually curious. Uh, give us a call at seven zero eight now wrap that seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. I'm curious how many of these made it overseas. Hmm. Yeah, because this is going to be a very America centric pop culture show, as we tend to do on occasion. This one a little more than normal. But I'm curious how many of these made it over to New Zealand, Australia, UK, etc. All right. Ooh. Hey, Joel, just oh, a quick what? answer to your question. I looked it up. $9 in 1941 equals. Do we, do we have a guess? Well, how much does $9 in 1941 equal mm-hmm. to what in 2017? I'm going to say about a grand. I'm going to say. $78. I'm going to say about 35 $154. I was way off. <laughs> you took his Samsonite. line. tonight. <laughs> I don't understand inflation. Uh, but no, what I was going to say was uh, any of our international listeners, if there was like one commercial that is like the most famous one in your country back in the 80s or 90s, post it. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like to hear about that, too. Good call, Joel. Good call, Daddy. I use that phrase all the time, and nobody ever gets it. That makes me sad. Uh, yeah. Me too. All right, so where's the beef? 
That was like where is the beef? Well, that's what one of the commercial. Uh, what what company was that for? Wendy's. That was Wendy's, wasn't it? Yeah, that yep. was Wendy's. That's going to be the interesting thing. Like, how many of these things did the commercial stick with us, but the product didn't? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the that's I actually added some of the, some of the uh, actors and stuff into here that there's a lot of commercials. In fact, right now, for the now, there's a commercial that I actually posted on our personal chat with the gorilla in it that is for a specific company that doesn't even mention the product itself until the very end. But it was like the biggest commercial of 2016. So, do you guys remember Where's the Beef? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was t-shirts. There was, she was on like talk shows. There was all kinds of stuff. And, I, you know, it's funny. I'm lucky that I even know half of these because when I was a kid and we'd watch TV, my dad would always turn down the TV when the commercials came on. Number one, because he said that they were louder than the TV show. And which he said, is, you don't need to watch them because there's nothing there that's which important. Is true. So he'd always turn down the TV in the commercials. Well, here we go. Way on. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some <laughs> hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's. So apparently... Yeah, they, I used to collect stickers, and I had a Where's the Beef Clara sticker. Yeah, there were... T- like like Joel said, there were T-shirts. I mean, this turned into like a a, a weird little following on that. Yeah, like like Spuds McKenzie, you know, it was that level of just marketing that caught on. And interesting man in the world. Oh, excuse me. Uh, that, all, that, that, all that cigar smoking suddenly caught up with me. That was back in the 80s? What? The most interesting man in the world? No, but I'm just saying in general, like, like you were talking about the popularity of... Never mind. <laughs> I'm going home. Uh, you oh, can't, I am home. You that can't leave fast. now. Now, another one of them that personally I loved was the Max Headroom Pepsi commercials. Oh, yeah. Because not only did that spawn, that spawn the career of Matt Furrer, but it also spawned the Max Headroom TV show, which takes place 15 minutes into the future. Which was surprisingly good, well thought out, and um, I mean, I, I'm yeah, I, I was a big fan. Now, the one of the things that people don't know about Max Headroom is people think that they actually were it was a computer graphic. For those for those of you out there that don't remember Max Headroom, look it up. It's actually really awesome. He they okay. Eh. Hey, did you ever see the TV show? No. Well, then you wouldn't be going meh. I'm sure I probably would. Uh, it's aged better than you'd think in terms of like really early cyberpunky kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, who doesn't love Matt Frewer? Oh Jesus! Exactly, but um, apparently when they did the uh, effects for him, they dressed him up like that. It wasn't that he did the voice and they had the character that, uh, and they did a computer graphic of him, but they actually filmed him and then made it look like it was computer graphics. Really, yeah, it was a really effective ad. It really was. Now, for those of you that are young and don't remember Max Headroom, imagine a computer-generated man with a really bad stutter. And, and yeah, and his hairline was sort of part of his head. Yeah, it was almost like there was it was glitchy. Mm-hmm. And he was always smiling really big and had sunglasses on. Yeah, and eventually that turned into a television show that was a uh, British, one, for myself, one of the first uh, American-British crossover uh, TV shows that I ever saw. You know, and talking about that, that reminds me of um, another commercial that was kind of an import. Did you guys ever see the Duracell battery commercials with Jacko? Oi! Oh, yeah. Vaguely, yeah. That I remember those. I don't, I don't remember much about them. And then he had a TV show that he drove a big rig and 
um, I can't think of the name of it right now. Talked about it on the on Coffin Joe Cast, but wait, was that the one where he would put the battery on his shoulder and be like, "I dare you to knock it off"? No, that was from like the the seventies. Hmm, what was his show? Highwaymen. Yeah, and he used to always go, "Oi." I vaguely remember the commercial, but yeah, that's about where I stand too. Now, speaking of commercials, you vaguely remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, can move on to Joe Isuzu, played by David Leisure. I love David Leisure. He's so. Ch- I mean, it, you you watch him on anything that he does, and you automatically feel like you have like you've just tasted cheddar cheese. Yeah, <laughs> he's always the smarmy guy, <laughs> kind of like Bill Paxton in True Lies. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's really that's really. Um, I mean, he he played the. The sleazy car salesman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much hanging. I got one right here. $2 million? It's easy. Just buy 1,000 Isuzu Troopers at $13.5 million, and generous factory cash can help you save $2 million. It loses some without the tra- without the subtitles, so. Yeah, that's true. Can you believe that a brand new Isuzu cost only cost $1,300 or $13,000 back then? That's crazy. I could believe that, actually, yeah. Yeah. Kind of depressing. But yeah, Joe Isuzu, really greasy, hair slicked back. I mean, imagine the the used car salesman that everybody has in the back of their head, and that's him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can picture him now. Now, David Leisure actually took this, and he ran with it. Um, he was on the TV show Empty Nest. Uh, he, did a, I mean, he did a lot of great stuff afterwards. I mean, he... Uh, he's actually got a, his handprints on the. Um, no, it's not in front of the. Uh, not in front of the Chinese theater. It's in front of Walt Disney World Hollywood Studios. Does that count? Huh? Is that cool? Well, it's not the the official Walk of Fame, but sure. I mean, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it's still he's he's preserved forever. Mm-hmm. And I forgot he was on Wings or not Wings. Um, Empty Nest. The Empty Nest. Yep. Uh, and also he. Uh, if you also remember, remember in Airplane, he was one of the Harry Krishnas. You're right, he was. Yep. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And he's been in such, I mean, for, for a guy who's, I mean, that's what he started out as is in the uh, movie Airplane. And then he took that and turned it to Joe Isuzu. And he's been on, here's some of the shows that he's been on. New Adventures of Superman, Renegade, Golden Girls, Married with Children, Elf. Uh, two two seven. T.J. Hooker, Sledgehammer, Nurses, and he was in the Brady Bunch movie. Um, T.J. Hooker, man. <laughs> we got to do a William Shatner show. <laughs> or do we? Do we really? Yes, we do. I think we totally do. Now, other people that have taken their commercials and uh, ran with it, John Machado Jr., yeah, like just to hear his name, you probably don't know who he is, but I guarantee you, you have seen his commercials if you were in the U.S. in the 1980s. Right. John Machida Jr. is the guy who talks super fast. If you were a kid. And that's it. Yeah. And you like toy cars, you know who that is. Oh, yeah. oh if Micro Machines commercial. Hang on, hang on. Here he is. New York on Wednesday, LA and Thursday. You know, on Friday. Got it? Got it. Got it. So you want to work here? What really makes you think you deserve a job here? Well, sir, I think on my feet, I'm going to figure and have a sharp mind. Excellent. Can you start on Monday? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Without hesitation. Congratulations. Welcome aboard. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And in conclusion, Jim, Bill, Bob, call Fred, Low, Dork, Ava, and Ted. Business is business. And as we all know, in order to get something done, you got to do something. In order to do something, we got to get to work. So let's get to work. Thank you for taking me. PD did a bang up job. I'm putting you in charge of Pittsburgh. I know so. 
for a guy that all he can really do is talk fast, he's done a fantastic amount of stuff. He, yeah, over 100 commercials. Yeah, oh, God, no. He has done over 750 different television and radio commercials for everything from Minute Rice, Olympus Camera, uh, Tiger Games, Micro Machines, and Jet Blue. And he has been in a few movies, but he's also been in some great uh, TV shows. Personally, for us, he played the voice of Blur, in Transformers from 1986 to 1987. So Yeah, I don't really remember Blur. Blur was a robot that talked really fast. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> didn't he talk really fast? <laughs> and he's Ah. Yeah, and and the thing is though, he's still doing it. Really? Yeah, he's oh, be really yeah. old now. Well, you know what? If he, if that's what your claim to fame is is talking fast, I suppose you you keep And doing he's it. not young, but he's not as old as you might think. He's 62. Oh. Huh. Huh. Yeah, I would have put him at being a little older based on, but I guess, you know, he was balding and had a mustache, so that kind of throws off the age thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was actually 18 back in the 80s. <laughs> He's oh a failed clone of Mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a good comparison. Well, good for him to be able to be. So, in the meantime, we've got this sort of ridiculousness going on. So, Nair. Nair Short Shorts commercial, which is kind of weird all around. Very catchy, though. Oh, yeah. weird is my sexy. (laughs) What? 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 Short Shorts. No, I don't know what you said, Pat. I missed what you said. What? He said he wears short shorts. (laughs) And that's weird and sexy. Wait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't think any of us in the 80s were really considering what the necessity of uh, Nair was for us. Oh, but I, I watched that commercial every time it came on. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we all? Mother, what is this Nair product? <laughs> Never you mind, son. It removes your pubes. <laughs> oh, I was Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Harvey Firestein does not have pubes. I'm just going to go with a guess on that one. I don't like where this is going. Let's move on to time to make the donuts. I always thought Harvey Firestein was pubes. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, come on. You know you liked it. No, I don't. (laughs) All right. Here is the original 1984 time to make the donuts. (gasps) That was legitimate. I made the donuts. We make them at least twice every day. Time to make the donuts. Not a few kinds, like supermarkets. Time to make the donuts. Now, what depresses me is nowadays they don't make the donuts. No. All the demo- all I thought the- you were going to say now what depresses you is you feel like you're living that life. <laughs> <laughs> if I was making donuts, I would feel better about myself. And that's just, that's now I'm sad. Aww. <laughs> Yeah, but Dunkin' Donuts gets shipments of, of frozen donuts, and all they do is heat them up. Are you I know. serious? That it, yep. Yeah, they don't make donuts there anymore. They I thought don't. you guys were kidding. No. Nope. No, they don't make the donuts. They get a delivery of frozen donuts, and they just let them thaw. Time to make yeah. the donuts. Hi, I'm Javi Firestein, and I don't make donuts. Because <laughs> I'm pubes. <laughs> 
Surely I, there could nothing be nothing depressing about the delightful California raisins. <laughs> <laughs> California raisins was a fucking weak- raisins. The raisins killed my father. <laughs> what? Um, Racists killed your father? Well, it was Texas. Racist raisins killed my father. I don't know where we're going with this, but I'm just going to. 1988, California Raisins. Dude, I have California raisins on my desk at work. I have more of them downstairs. Dude, I'm with you. I had an unnatural attachment to those little claymation raisins. I I had everything. I had the little figures. I had sticker books. I had everything. T-shirts. It was the thing. I had some of the figures, and I sold them a few years ago. I have two full sets. Here's the thing. The California raisins, not only did they become like a national like obsession, and I have to say, with the claymation, it was pretty cool. They wound up with a Christmas special. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. For years, I watched it every Christmas. I mean, their version of uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is still the one I hear wow. when I think of that song. Was it Rudolph the Red-Nosed Grape Deer? No, they didn't like make everything raisin themed. They just sang Motown <laughs> versions of all of the various songs. Uh, <laughs> you all right? Laughing at you, Pat. Yeah, they had uh, another special that was uh, a bunch of just music videos of them singing Motown songs. With uh, I remember the California Raisins video for "Ain't Too Proud to Beg." And once again, a commercial out outgrows the commercial itself and becomes a cultural phenomenon. And that's what's so strange about it is, I mean, you'd think commercials would be something that would be momentarily nothing huge next thing up, but there's so many of these things that are on the list that become like almost, I mean, like Clara Pell or Max Headroom, they become t-shirts, TV shows, movies, that sort of thing. It's, it's scary how much, um, advertisement winds up into our brains. Yeah, the soundtrack for that uh, TV special I'm talking about, which was called Meet the Raisins in 1988, the soundtrack hit the Hot 100. Wow. Wow. It only got to 84, but it charted. That's that's grape news. I charted. You're not making it weird. You're supposed to make it weird. That wasn't weird. That was just lame. That was like a dad joke. I'd fuck a California raisin? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know what to say to that. All right, so the Apple Super Bowl commercial, the 1984 one. Oh, jeez. Landmark. You can't possibly do a show about commercials without talking about this commercial. No. This one was, I mean, it it was like a mini-movie, almost. When you had had this whole dystopian uh, architecture around it, all these people staring at the screen, the face, Big Brother looking at you, and the one... Olympic style runner with the with the mallet smashing the window and bringing up the apple uh the apple icon didn't show you a com- didn't show you the computer whatsoever didn't tell you anything about it but it it set into your head that apple was like the next big thing it was the the thing that was not it was cool people used 
Yeah, it was going to break the mold of uh, corporate uh, control. And it's funny what they've turned into, how opposite they kind of <laughs> turned out. Like, and now they are the big brother that they were talking down about. And, yeah. and irony. So, it's not no. just something that Alanis Morissette incorrectly sings about. Well, and that commercial kind of set the standard for that commercials could do more than just be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that that's the one I mean, when people talk about commercials not just being advertisements, that's the one people always go back to. I totally forgot about that when I was trying to think of ones to talk about. So nice. Nice. So uh, Energizer Bunny, it keeps going and going and going. <laughs> just like the lawsuit of them against Duracell for also using a pink bunny. Wait, what? I don't know about this. Oh, yeah. They uh, Energizer yeah, cool sued. Man. Sorry. I thought you were quoting the Kool-Aid man. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we forgot to put that in the show notes. Oh, yeah. That might have been before the 80s, though. I think so. Yeah, uh, Energizer has used the bunny mascot since 89. And just, I want to say, last year, uh, Duracell had uh, put a mascot who was a pink bunny, and Energizer sued them. And uh, the uh, lawsuit is allowed to continue. Well, what the hell are they thinking? I have no idea. You know what would be great? We'll use it. That's what happens when you ask Harvey Firestein what you do for advertising. You guys should get a pink bunny because it worked so well for them the last time. Needs more pubes. (laughs) Can we get through the rest of the show without talking about Harvey Firestein's pubes? Probably Probably not. not. And that's said with a different tone from each of us. I'm just resigned to it. <laughs> so the Energizer Bunny, with the the thing about him is another, he was another one of those cultural type things, and they actually had Energizer Bunnies that you could buy. Yeah, just let them, I guess, run around the floor. And yeah, I'm sure none of them did the cool thing with the drumstick where he'd spin it three times. Yeah. Oh. Yep. 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 Every now and then, I wish that Satan Bunny would actually be the Energizer Bunny. Do you guys remember Satan Bunny? You mean Devil Bunny? Uh, Devil Bunny, yeah. No, 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 not Devil Bunny needs a ham. I'm talking about, oh. remember, remember the little robotic bunny that my parents bought me? Oh, my God. Don't it, remind me of it that. With the yellow overalls, and it roller skates, and it plays uh, Easter Parade oh. at the same time. Oh, I hated that thing. I still have that. I should post a video of that. There are so many things that I'm this 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 podcast is like 190 episodes of me getting in touch and discovering why I'm so effed up now. <laughs> 40 going on 14. Mike works through his trauma. Pretty much. Speaking of trauma, <laughs> have you ever wanted to play a video game but you had absolutely no idea what it was about? Octorox, Octorox, levers. <laughs> Here we go. Hang on. Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda. <laughs> Now, I watched that commercial, and I said to my parents, I want that game, and they said, why? <laughs> I, I don't know either. I did the same thing, and I got the game the day it came out, and I'm exactly. glad I did. Exactly. I still got my big shiny gold cartridge, and I played that thing for... It was That was the first game that I played and got in trouble for, like, in the middle of the night playing. 
you know, it's like one in the morning. Why are you still playing Legend of Zelda? Because. And you're like, it's one in the morning? <laughs> it's like, Dr. Rocks. <laughs> what time is it? It's daytime. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, this, this Zelda commercial I loved, and I thought it was hilarious back then, and I still think it's fantastic now. I don't understand why I was so attracted to it, because it tells absolutely nothing about the game. It gives you nothing about what what's going on. It's just got some weird guy with, an, with a... Uh, white man afro running around in a black leotard in a dark room which would normally get you arrested again <laughs> allegedly you doing the right places <laughs> you gotta go to the right rest stop mike <laughs> something something pubes uh don't take <laughs> advice from pat on that toy commercials since we're talking about video games moving on to toy commercials gi joe i'll be the baby kid kivo Man, there's there's one where every time those came on, I got excited because, well, they were kind of cheesy because the kids were acting out whatever the scene was with the toys. But, dude. And we did that. Oh, yes, yeah. we did. Except if I recall Patrick, who played taxes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to set up my action figures around the room and like just pick them off with uh, rubber bands. Oh, I'd set up these elaborate scenes like there was a base and there was like a cliffside and there was, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. then you'd sit there and just kind of stare at it for a while, like just admiring your work and then all hell would break loose. Yeah. Then you pick them off with rubber bands. Here, what he, I would do. Here's a question. I don't know if you guys can actually answer this, but what was your first GI Joe guy? Oh, bazooka. I think. Oh, very nice. Oh man. Mine. I think mine was Flint. It was one of the really, really early ones when there was only a couple of them. Originally, I think there was only like eight. It was like eight or 12 original G.I. Joe guys. Oh, it wasn't Flint. Uh, you know what? We went over this when we did the G.I. Joe episode, and I remember struggling with it and figuring it out by the end of the episode. I'm not repeating that. People <laughs> can just go listen to that episode. I'm, I'm going to toss it out there. I still remember my first G.I. Joe action figure was Short Fuse. Pat, did you have them, or were you too busy doing text? I think my first one was the um, the shirtless uh, ninja guy. Quick kick? Yeah. That's an odd one for you. Why do we have all the old ones first, and then you've got one of the like third-generation ones? Because at that know. point, he was reliving his youth. That's kind of weird. I could be totally wrong on that. Because that was a later figure. I mean, it wasn't way later, but... I might just be confusing him and, and um, Storm Shadow. Well, you know what though, it, it uh, quick kick him quick kick. That's hard to say. Came out in 1985, so Pat was only like 33 at that point. So it was cool. I, I knew it. Like, <laughs> Dick, I'm like six weeks older than you. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever. If I can, if I can play the joke off, I will. Exactly. I know it. it, it come. It, it's coming every time. Mm -hmm. That's what she phrasing. <laughs> There's no phrasing there. He's totally right. So, what about Transformers commercials? Same thing. You know, the kids playing with it, and they had the like scenes and whatnot. And man, nothing sold toys like kids playing with the toys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was a bit of a hierarchy in my elementary school by how many Transformers you owned, and I, I never owned enough. No, you can't. You really can't. I, and the thing is, is one, one of the things that are going back and looking at the old commercials is 
back then in the 80s, they did not have the disclaimer like, this toy does not fly. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, now, now, have you, have you seen any of the uh, toy commercials nowadays? Where it'll, it'll actually say this, this toy does not disappear. This toy does not sparkle. There's so many, there's like so many little disclaimers at the bottom of the page. It's so funny. Because we're yep. very litigious society all of a sudden. Yep, they're going to get sued because the toy doesn't fly, and then they got to produce a flying toy or a couple hundred grand. I don't get it. All right, so moving... I don't either. Uh, Joel, you added... added uh, no, not Joel. Josh, you added Mad Scientist toys. Well, uh, the commercials immediately captured my imagination. I think I've talked about Mad Scientist toys a couple times on the podcast, from How to Dissect an Alien to the Mad Scientist Monster Lab where you had the plastic skeleton, you put the monster flesh on them, and then you put the pieces in, you drop them into the tank with a little bit of powdered citric acid and watch their flesh bubble off. Like, I owned all of the Mad Scientist line, and it was basically because of these commercials. The Mad Scientist stuff, I was actually not... I was too old at that point. But I was old enough to uh, to really, really want the... What was the the creature maker? Oh, what was that? What was that thing called, Joel? Was that the one where you laid the bones out and whatever, and then you lay the like? No, it was you know, no. You push it together and stuff. It was it was the one where you had the um you had like the cast iron the uh the little mold and you filled in the gel and put it in the the oven. Oh, I thought you were talking about the sketching thing. Sketching. Thing. Obviously, none of us know what any of us are talking about. <laughs> Words and stuff. What are you? Oh wait, I know, Joel. I know what you're talking about. Where you took little plates and you the monster the, maker thing. Yeah, right. See, the monster maker to me was the one where you had the little mold and you put the gel in there and you put it in the little little uh, easy bake oven and you took it out and you had the little rubber rubber uh, action figure. Then, oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, those were a few years before because Mad Scientist would have been like eighty seven or eighty eight. I think. Okay. Well, I think there's one that I, I mentioned earlier that we should at least throw a quick actual mention in, which is uh, Spuds McKenzie. Oh, yeah. That poor that, dog. That, that was another huge cultural icon. I had a Spuds McKenzie t-shirt. It was like a take on the American Gothic painting. And I used to wear that shirt all the time. And then my school was like, you can't wear beer shirts to school. Hmm. And I'm like, oh. I still have my three-quart Spuds McKenzie uh, mug that was my drinking mug from college. I remember that mug. I love yeah. Spuds McKenzie. It's a great mug when you fill it with beer. It's a deadly mug when you don't notice someone's dumping rum into your beer while you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did we do that? Be... Was that huh? us? Was That, that us was or... a thing. That happened at the toga party. So wait, Mike. No, it was Bakui that did it to you, right? No, it was uh, Big Mike. Oh, okay. Oh, um, Big Mike, you can't hide in the shower. <laughs> Big Mike destroyed my apartment that night. <laughs> Mike, did you completely miss all of the gross toys fad from like 86 to 89, like Mad Balls and all that? I was never into those. <gasps> I oh, see, that was my jam. I and I don't like gross out stuff now. See, I I knew about Mad Balls, I knew about the gross out toys, but I never really got into them. So that in that time I was just discovering the new generation of um like I was totally into G.I. Joe. 
I've got cases. In fact, eventually, um, I have nightmares about my mom knocking on the door and be like, here, I'm giving all of your G.I. Joe stuff back to you. <gasps> um, just a ton. I mean, a ton of that stuff. I was never into like, the gross head stuff. Hmm. I've got two Mad Balls in the basement still. That's one more than I have. Slobulous was always my favorite. I don't know what that means. I'm all about Skullface. Nice. So, here's something else that... uh, Hang on. Hanging? Hmm? I I said I'm hanging. You said hang on. I said I'm hanging. Mm, Where'd it go? There we go. Hang on. Bye. So we're moving into the 1990s with the start of the first console war. Right. I was going to talk about one more. Wait, oh, wait. what? 80s commercial. What did you want to talk about? Remember the because uh, it's the, it's the one the the one commercial that has stuck in my mind throughout most everything. Well, two there are two commercials that I can that I remember word for word. One uh, one is the Operation commercial. Don't touch the sides. Yeah, exactly that one, and the other one is the. McDonald's commercial where um, the girl, the piano recital where she has to play for Elise and she what? sings a song about, you know, how because the father says, Oh, if you do well, we're going to take you to McDonald's. What? Don't touch the sides. What do you, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know, you I don't do. remember that one? You, I remember it, yeah. Yeah. I would like a cheeseburger. Yeah. And, and also, 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 hang also on, fries. Hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on. I would eat the fries myself. Look up McDonald's for Elise. And not give any to Thank my God for YouTube. Hang on here. I'll be glad when I'm done. I'll be glad when I'm done. I'll be... Think McDonald's. Oh, I wish I were already there. Instead of here playing this song. Oh, I would have a big chocolate shake. A cheeseburger. And also, whoops, and also fries. And I would eat my fries myself. And not give any to my dumb brother. Hands off and mine off. All right, that's weird. I don't remember this at all. You don't remember that? No, I don't. How about uh, Mikey likes it? Oh, Mikey likes it is the best. Mikey likes it. That's going back before the eighties, though, isn't it? Yeah, we're yeah. Oh God, yeah, we're throwing back to the seventies now. Fair enough. Wrong direction. Okay, so you're right. Holy crap, that was 70s. All right, uh, 1990, first console war, when Sega came out uh, to challenge the dominance of the Nintendo Entertainment System. I remember Mike had a Sega, uh, or no, Joel had a, Josh, sorry. Jeez, one nope, of you guys. No, it was Mike. I, I was, Mike uh, Sega that we had? Yeah, I was a diehard mm-hmm. Nintendo fanboy. Okay, yeah, because we had a Sega in, in our dorm room. Sega! I used to play the Shadowrun game on. Yep, it was Mike's, but it was frequently in our room. Gotcha. And I still get pissed off because my Sega kept disappearing. No, Usually you were in our room. That's true. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 oh. <laughs> But yeah, the Sega! Well. I don't... <laughs> don't ever let me do that again. Toasty! Um... <laughs> Sega, I mean, the Shadowrun game... Um... Sega was, I mean, it was, it was like Nintendo was cool, but like Sega was like the bad boys. That's what they were trying for. It was like a Sonic does what Nintendo don't. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, I bought into it. I, I still have my Sega down here in the basement, hooked up to an old uh, C- CRT uh, screen. 
Yeah, it was one of those where it's like, no matter how hard they tried, the story of Sega, just they constantly made mistakes. And now they're just making software. Haven't done a hardware console in a long time. Oh, not since the um, Saturn. Uh, Dreamcast. Oh, now I'm sad. You should be. Oh. But what you know what makes me not sad? Is uh, Mentos, the fresh maker. Because <laughs> I fucking love these commercials. They're so They're so strange. Doesn't matter what comes, nothing's better with life. With Mentos fresh and full of life. And there were always these weird situations. You're like, I can't cross the street. I'm incapable of walking around a, a car, so I'm going to go through it. I can't do this unless I'm not wearing pants. It doesn't matter what comes, fresh goes better in life. With mental fresh and full of life. Nothing gets to you, staying fresh, staying cool. With mental fresh and full of life. Say what you want to about the commercials, but the fruit flavored Mentos were delicious. Oh, I will. Those pol- commercials made me made me buy them. I will polish off an entire tube of fruit flavored Mentos. Now I that don't think I've ever had one. Oh, that that actually that commercial was the one where the guy going in for the job interview sits down on the wet park bench and then rolls around and makes it look like his suit has stripes. Nice. That would yeah. totally work too. Oh yeah, completely. Because if I'm, if as a recruiter, if I'm sitting there and walking, somebody walks in with paint stripes all over their suit, I'm going to be like, hey, you must eat Mentos. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you'd let it slide if he offered you a Mentos. <laughs> if he offered me a Mentos, I would hire him on the spot. <laughs> be like, dude, uh, you're in. Yourself. No, Yeah, I, Joel, it seems highly improbable that you've never had Mentos, considering how often I had a tube of them in my trench coat during college. That may be why I never had one. <laughs> I think I think that's the only reason I have had one is because I've I've tasted Josh's Mentoasts. Mentos. Mentos. <laughs> All right, my Mentos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I am Patrick. You have completed your goal of making it weird. Thank you very Thank you. much. That's what I do. <laughs> From now on, Joel will. I mean, Pat, uh, Josh will have his Mentoast. <laughs> <laughs> I've tasted Josh's Mentoast. Ew. Ew. <laughs> But have you had the wonderful taste of Yo Quiero Taco Bell? There's another one that went above and beyond the the television or the commercial turned into stuffed animals, t-shirts, that friggin' cute whatever kind of dog it was. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. The cute chihuahua. It was a cute chihuahua, and that was. I mean, again, it's one of those where I really, I hate, I really hate commercials. But at the same time, if Somebody makes a commercial that makes me remember it 25 years later. Good on them. I hope they got a raise. That it makes a good point, Pat. We're going to need a bigger box. No quiero Taco Bell. Now, I don't know why I put Miss Cleo in here. Oh, well. The Psychic Friends Network? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dion Warwick? Was that the one she was affiliated that with? That is exactly right. Miss Cleo and Dionne Warwick. I don't think they were affiliated, but they were the same kind of thing. Well. But those Miss Cleo commercials, 
It's like every time they come on, you're like, what? Who really calls this thing? But yet they continued to air. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a look. The Miss Cleo DNA test. I'm solely searching for the father of your baby. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> if you're calling an 800 number to find out who your baby daddy is, <laughs> you have so many issues in your life that cannot be solved. Yeah, you need to call Maury. Come on. Maury Povich is the man. Do not diss on Maury Povich. I wasn't. I was just saying that he would figure out who the father was, and then the, the dad would do a dance. That's exactly right. What were you going to say, Josh? Oh, no, I, w- I was just going to transition on, considering you were talking about doing a dance. It just reminded me of the I'm a Hip Hopper Blue Blockers commercial. Oh, my <laughs> God. See, so many of the commercials are, they, they're so weird. But th- those ones just stick in your mind. I'm a Hip Hopper. I wear Blue Blockers. <laughs> and then, then there are those that you can't get rid of. They just stick to you like a fungus. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it, it gave was us one really of the funny at first. It gave and, us and one the of the parodies were really funny at first. Yes, Pat. See, that's that's just it. That that's what made me question the the timing on it. Because I'm like, when Pat and I were working together, this was the video that was making the rounds in the office, and everybody was like, "Have you seen this?" And it was it was. I mean, it really was funny when it first came out. The Super Friends and the, thing. And the Super Friends one was the best parody out of all of them. I think. Yes. I might have to watch that after this show. <laughs> I just watched it a few months ago, actually. But I mean, that was that was one of those where I was I was wondering earlier, like, can you even remember what it was for? Is and it playing in the background? Yeah, it was playing in the background. I was looking for the Super Friends one. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a Budweiser commercial, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. It was a beer commercial. Yeah, I mean, I always think of the frogs when I think of Budweiser, but oh, geez, oh, yeah, I forgot did... about the frogs. I had a shirt with the Budweiser frogs. I I loved when the chameleon showed up and with the with the mobster voice and attitude. <laughs> that was when I really loved that those commercials. That's a really strange statement. But <laughs> wiser. <laughs> There's only two frogs in our commercial apparently. <laughs> so, uh another one that is actually I think it's still going on but got milk. Yeah, that slogan yeah, started in the '90s, didn't it? It it sure did. And uh, everyone had that little milk mustache, which in some cases was kind of vaguely erotic. But um, like Kermit, um, it's not easy being green. That was the worst Kermit the Frog I've ever heard. I it wasn't on my game. It's, I can do a damn good Kermit the Frog. Shut your face. <laughs> that wasn't horrible. I mean, <laughs> what? It wasn't okay. I I give you back. You get one star. Uh, all right, now I've really got to do Kermit the Frog. That sounds you like all suck. If if you're looking for um, Fozzie, a Kermit the Frog impression, yeah. If you're looking for a Kermit the Frog impression, go to another show. But if you're looking for Fozzie <laughs> the Bear tries to do Kermit the Frog, that you've got it. <laughs> the pet has a tab for that. <laughs> this was also the first time we saw the uh, anthropomorphized M and M's. I believe it is. Was it that far back? <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So the M&Ms, I've been looking through, uh, of course, some of the research. Yellow M&M was voiced by John Goodman and J.K. Simmons. John, <laughs> John Goodman from 1995 to 1996. 
and J.K. Simmons, lovingly known as uh, J. Jonah Jameson to us, 1996 to current time. Nice. Blue M&M being, uh, was actually done by Phil Hartman, 1995 to 1998, and then for some reason he quit. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who voices him now? Uh, Rob Pruitt. Yeah, he's the uh, current voice of... No, I just lost it. Okay, uh, the red voice, uh, or the voice of the red M&M, 95 to 96, was John Lovitz, and currently it's Billy West. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, green, or I'm going to say before I get to green, uh, orange is Eric Kirschen- Kirschberger. Green is Cree Summer. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, uh, she plays uh, Winfred Freddie Brooks on A Different World. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Mrs. Brown, I will give me a guess on who plays the Brown M&M. No idea. Pat? Harvey Firestein. Harvey Firestein is incorrect. And Margaret. And Margaret is incorrect. Vanessa Williams is who you're looking for. Who? Vanessa Williams. Oh, I was going to say Ben Kingsley. (laughs) I would have been way off. I have no response for that. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> but Vanessa Williams is actually the person who does Mrs. Brown, and she's actually listed as Mrs. Brown. Huh. Red, yellow, Ra- blue, green. Racist. What? Well, okay, so red is red, yellow is yellow, blue is blue, green is green, and orange is crispy, and then yep. brown is Mrs. Brown, and voiced by Vanessa Williams. And it's not racist, Pat. It's Josh's wife. Mrs. Brown. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, we, mm. we, we got it. This is your brain. This is your brain on Joel. <laughs> That's our Joel. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> no. Yes, several. <laughs> see, here, here's the thing. Do do you see any PSAs on drugs recently? Yeah, they redid the the one. This is um with what's her face. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wood. They they re, they redid that one. Yeah, but I think that was internet only, and it was critical of the original ad, wasn't it? It was, it was just basically expounded on um, the war against drugs. Yeah. Okay. Here, drugs are bad, okay? Here, here, here's one of my favorites. That stuff hurts. Stop you from living up to your potential. It holds you back. It hurts the user. It hurts his family. And it hurts his friends. I just want to shake some sense into you kids that are using drugs and think about using it. So remember, don't or else, okay? So Mr. T and Pee Wee Herman are telling us not to do drugs. I'm hmm. more threatened by Mr. T. Both of them Pee-wee would Herman. not have successful careers if it wasn't for potheads. It's <laughs> a fair point. You don't lie, man. I mean, seriously. And uh, turning their back on their constituents, man. Speaking of drugs, this is going to be a Chicago only thing because I actually dropped a reference to this not so long ago and you could tell who was local and who wasn't by who lost their shit in the middle of when I said, I've got something for you. (laughs) Yeah, that is one of my favorite commercials of all time. Look at those low rates. Yeah, the local insurance on this car. (laughs) Eagle Man Insurance. So legendarily bad that it actually, its reach extended a little past Chicago, and it's uh, still available on YouTube. 
I show it. I show it to people every now and then. Whenever we get discussing like the worst commercials of all time, and I'm like, "You got to be hard pressed to beat this one from Chicago." <laughs> when he just craps the egg that's got the lower rates oh, in oh it. My gosh, I and forgot he, about that. And then you've got the big boom. Yeah, <laughs> he squats on the car and drops the egg. Boom. For, for those of you not from around here, what's that? Do you have insurance on this car? No. It must be Eagle must be Man. Eagle Man. I've got something for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at those low rates. Why does that stick in our head? That is the worst (laughs) thing ever. (laughs) I blocked it out until just now. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Did you know there was a sequel to it? Yeah. And it was, it was. Not good, but it was not as bad as that original. It was not good, but it also featured... They were trying a little too hard to be bad in that one. It didn't come across naturally. No, not at all. And again, again, for another Chicagoan thing, do you know who starred in that commercial? I don't remember. Man Cow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because it was the gorgeous Latin woman walking across the street. Yeah. And he gets in the accent, and his glasses are all askew, and he's all... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Pat. Fuck that guy. Hey. Wait. wait. I, I remember being at a concert where the entire concert flipped him off when he was up in the balcony. <laughs> but he gets off on that, too. Yeah. Well, it's better than and Who can ever forget 588 2300 Empire? Today. Bill got me with that once really good. Because he changed the cadence up a little bit. It was when I got a new cell phone, and I was like, Will, what's your number? And I go to put it in, and he's all like, it's like, five, eight, 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 three. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the way to the to the, to the zero, zero before I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> all right, it's eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. See, my thing was always to give that out when people asked for my number when I was at a bar, but nobody ever asked for my number. Now, hang on. What about this one? Call Victory Auto Records at 860-2000 for a quote. Victory will buy no matter what condition your car is in. Do you remember this one with the guy with the gigantic leather leather banded watch? And he opens up the car door and the door just completely falls off the car. Oh, yeah. Yep. Not as fun as Eagle Man, but still. Boom. Boom. Look at those low rates. All right. So now before we walk into the uh, the, the now, I, I completely lost it on that one. Before we go into the now, uh, if any of you out there want to have local commercials that you've heard of, like personally, the if you I forgot to put it in here, but the Trunk Monkey. Oh, Suburban Trunk Monkey. Yep. Suburban, the tr- there's like six or seven Trunk Monkey ones. But if you uh, think of any ones that you want us to know about, call us at 708-669-9727. Moon Oink! <laughs> oh, Moon Oink! I forgot about them! We got baby, baby, baby back ribs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that, I think we need to go to the break. <laughs> we totally need to go to a break at this point. My head hurts. I need something um, little, yellow, different. <laughs> 
head on apply directly to the forehead. Oh, we're getting on. there. That's oh, that. That's in the next. That's a nine. That's a two thousand. No, that was set back in the yeah. It was in the nineties, wasn't it? Nope. It's like two thousand two. Boom. We are back, and we were talking about commercials, things that you walked away from to go get a drink when you were watching a TV show, but for some reason, they just stuck in your head. Kind of weird. So, now we're crossing over into the 2000s. Now, technically, this is 1999, but Aflac... Yeah, I mean, this is one that uh, people remember it from the 2000s, because that was when the Weird Duck, which for a while was a voice by Gilbert Gottfried. Mm-hmm. And that duck is still around. So is Gilbert Gottfried, but not as the duck. Yep. It's less racist now. The duck. Yeah, not Gilbert. Right. Guy Fieri is doing... Um Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Yikes. Guy Fieri I'd impersonating Gilbert Godfrey, who is doing the Aflac duck. <laughs> I watched that too. Yeah, oh, he, man. He is now currently a uh, Aflac spokesperson. So who good, is? Guy Fieri. You know, the guy with the, yeah, yeah, I don't the know. hair and the face and the food? The guy with the face? Mm-hmm. Thank God. Get that face on the front of his head thing going on. <laughs> and the hair and the face. God knows. Yeah. Now, see, Affleck Duck, he was cool, but he was, I mean, it was a good commercial, but I don't think it really stuck. Um, Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves while I cue this one up. What, what are, are we talking about the, the Quiznos? What do they call them? Those little hamster looking things? The sponge. Oh, the sponge monkeys. Sponge, sponge monkeys. monkeys. Yep. Yeah, where they did the uh, re- nose. Yeah, because they originally had We Love the Moon and they, mm-hmm. they turned it into We Love the Subs. Again, uh, here we go. We love the subs! <laughs> they are good to the <laughs> subs! They are tasty, they are crunchy, they are warm because they told them! <laughs> My father could never understand why I found those so funny. Smoky chipotle sauce. Fried chicken, roast beef, or smoked turkey? I don't understand why I find them so entertaining. <laughs> we like the subs. They got a pepper bar. <laughs> I, you know what? Kudos to Quiznos for taking a chance. I mean, so many times the, the uh, commercials are so planned out and so um, researched before they like even... Like an Olive Garden commercial? Right, right. Or I actually like I'm Loving It by McDonald's, which is another one that was written by a 41 and 14 favorite. Come on. You going to follow that up? No, not at all. <laughs> well, I remember the original ba-da-ba-ba-ba was Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where I was going for. Justin Timberlake actually wrote that commercial for them. So, but uh, 
and he he starred in the first one. Good for him. Now, this is the reason I can't go into several McDonald's in my neighborhood because he really kind of sexualized a McDonald's hamburger. And if you go in and you sexualize a McDonald's hamburger while you're actually in the restaurant, they tell you not to come back. Or if you name your burger Justin and start to like slowly lick on it. Not specifically, but yeah. Who said that? What? That's trying too hard to make it weird. <laughs> no, uh, I'm loving it. That that was 2000, 2010. That was like the big thing for McDonald's. I have never... That Mac tonight that we forgot from the 80s, damn it. Mm. That freaky-headed McDonald's hamburger guy. We didn't notice that someone had replaced him with Folgers crystals. <laughs> you damn right. And that's part of the problem is that there's so many commercials. There's absolutely no way that we'd be able to get all of them in there. Now, who put in Wana Fanta? Oh yeah, yeah. Don't you remember the uh, the Fantas? No, no. Really? Don't you wanna? Don't you wanna? Wanna Fanta? It was all the girls who were dressed up as different flavors of Fanta. One was in a uh, uh, yellow dress, a purple dress, a red dress. Oh, hang on. I'm gonna bring this up here. I don't remember that. Comes the return of fun and refreshment. Summer. Melody. Isabella. The Fantanas are back. We've reunited to bring the natural flavors of Fanta to the whole country. Fantanas? I've never seen these. Holy crap, yeah. I I guess you guys weren't watching TV in the early 2000s. Those were everywhere. (laughs) Right? I don't remember these at all. Joel, back me up on this. Have you ever seen these? No. I don't, I don't know that. Played before movies for a little while too, as as in theater commercial. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm scoffing. That's because I I don't remember that. I'm not I'm not saying they didn't exist because there's dozens of them on here, but that's really kind of weird. And they had a whole contest, a little thing, when they were like going to come up with a new flavor. Like, what should the new flavor be, and what should the new girl be named, and all that crap. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Now, also, I don't know how popular this one was, but I, I it, this kid always creeped me out. At Zoom, Zoom. The Mazda commercials? Yeah, oh. for the Mazda 6. Mm-hmm. Huge commercial. Really big, kind of creepy. I hope that kid got paid well. <laughs> Freecreditreport.com. You remember the folk singer? He was like a garage band, and they, they did all these different, started in the mid to late 2000s. He'd sing a little song about how his life was and uh, how he got like would get together with some girl, and she had credit problems, and now he's working in a restaurant or something. Hmm. Yep, I remember those. Oh yeah, I do remember that now. That I, I just brought it up. Now I, the one that really sticks in my head is the pirate one. Mm-hmm. 
pirates. So why am I dressed up like a pirate in this restaurant? It's all oh. some hacker stole my identity. Now I'm in here every evening serving chowder and iced tea. Should have gone to free credit report.com. I could have seen this coming at me like an atom bomb. Hmm. And then we have the saddest commercials ever. Who put Here's that? your PSAs. Well, does anyone remember this? I remember uh, plenty of uh, stand-up comedian bits about these ads. Oh, yeah. With uh, Sarah McLaughlin with Arms of an Angel playing oh, in the background and all of the sad dogs that have been abused and no one's adopting them. It makes you just want to adopt all of them. I can't watch those ads. Or blow your brains out. Oh, damn it, Mike. Way to bring us down, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. You know you know what? Um, Actually, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. I'm here to make you feel like a real piece of shit because you won't adopt <laughs> any of these animals. <laughs> <clears throat> the ASPCA was actually out uh, in downtown Chicago today talking about, you know, protecting the animals and animal cruelty and that sort of thing. At, like, all the intersections, they had these the little sponsors and these people are trying to talk you up and that sort of thing. And they're like, hey, did you realize that these animals, these certain animals, are, are uh, anally electrocuted to make coats for people? And apparently... Just tossing it out there, in case you're out on the streets. Do you have video of this is not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The bonus is they stopped, they stopped talking to you. But <laughs> I like animals. Holy shit, Josh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I, I put this up even though, unfortunately, I only have access to the commercial Mike and I were technically in. I say technically because I'm front and center, uh, but Mike is out of frame in one of the things. You and in the one where you face. can kind of see him, my arms go up and cover his face. <laughs> uh, 10 for 1099. 699. Yeah, 10 for 699. 10 for 699. Uh, Mike and I were in a commercial for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep got to be about 19 uh, no uh 2007 i don't even know all i know is that there was a time that you and i were in the the uh, comedy troupe together we showed mm-hmm. up for practice and there were all these people there and we're like what the hell's going on and they're like oh hey there's a kfc commercial going on we're all uh, auditioning for it we showed up we walked in there and they're like we did our gig for him and they're like awesome Hop in, you're done. And we got paid a dollar and like $30 in KFC coupons. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you can actually uh, see it uh, if you uh, scroll all the way down after clicking on like photos uh, down to videos of Josh. And at like 19 seconds on one of them and at the very end on the other. The very end on the other is the one where my arms go up and completely cover Mike's face. Hey, you know what? Technically, I was pulling Mike Wachowski. I was in the commercial. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> uh, 10 seconds. Uh, there's a bunch of us going, woo, and yeah, my arms go up and completely cover Mike's face. <laughs> Dick. 
whatever. I was in a commercial, and I remember, I remember uh, getting home from that after we got accepted into it. And I'm like, I called my mom, like, "Hey, mom, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in a KFC commercial," and she's like, "Of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? Makes total sense." But hey, we were in a commercial together. That's all that counts. And I got a lot of chicken out of it. So mayhem. Nobody ever pays me in gum. <laughs> Nobody ever pays me in chicken. What the fuck? Yeah, I do remember uh, people telling me that they were like falling asleep on the couch and they'd look up and my face was on the TV. <laughs> 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 Ninety nine. <laughs> what the? That was hell? my high, my college career. That's my fetish. <laughs> so Allstate mayhem. Um, this dude, I really like him. These these commercials great on Thirty Rock, and he was great on uh, uh, the Oz. Uh, he was great on um, crap. What was the movie? Whiplash. No, uh, was he in Whiplash? Yeah, he was one of the leads. Uh, he Wait, was, uh, no, what am I thinking of? Uh, John Wick. Yeah, no, you, you, dude, you're thinking of J.K. Simmons. And oh, I thought we were talking about the. Oh, yeah, and that's Farmers Insurance, completely different company. Yeah, Wrong way to market. way to fuck it up, dude. Uh, we're talking about Allstate. I'm gonna show you my pubes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the where he's like, I'm a 16 year old girl who just got dumped by her boyfriend, and I'm mentally unstable. And then he crashes the car. Yep. And I'm mayhem. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Yep. That's the guy. And his twin brother. He has a twin brother. Uh-huh. What's his, I mean, seriously, or are you just fucking with No, I'm serious. They're, they're what do you look like? <laughs> they're not fraternal, dummy. I, I, I don't know. I like the Mayhem ones are just... I don't know. They're, they're cool. It's I, a fun I, concept. It is. Yeah, it the really actor is. is Dean Winters. Mm-hmm. That's him. Yeah. But he was Ryan O'Reilly on Oz. Yep. Yep. And good for him. You know what? So another one of those cases where you you uh you got yourself a niche and you took it and you ran with it. Good for you. Mm-hmm. So he is technically uh, not technically, but uh advertising age, the uh magazine reported in two thousand eleven that he was the third most recognized insurance advertising character behind the Geico Gecko. Flow and flow. <laughs> Which and of course there was the uh, ad, uh, insurance uh, character that was uh, shut down because there was too much porn of her. <laughs> Ian E uh, Aaron Insurance. Aaron, Aaron, yep. Aaron Insurance. With a uh, cartoon character. Oh yep. yep. It, this was right as Rule Thirty Four on the internet was starting to hit big, and they created this pink-haired spy chick for insurance. Aaron Insurance and uh, the creators were horrified to find out how much pornography there was of her. Yeah, there was a they lot. They shouldn't go anywhere else on the internet. Period. If they, because you know, they'll be horrified, horrified by the amount of pornography that's out there. Period. No, I mean, no, I mean, they people took this and ran with it. <laughs> yeah, and go. now it's a little bit more common if you're a freak. But like at the time, porn of a new cartoon character was not like it was brand new. And it shocked and dismayed them, and uh, they were worried about the negative association. So, yeah, they shut the whole campaign down. Now, does anybody else have a weird little 
thing for Flo? I wouldn't say a little. Hmm. <laughs> Holy crap, yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Is it the apron? I She annoys me. Oh, God. Everything annoys you. We've been well, over I think this. She's got this, like, over-happy, brassy kind of thing going on. Yeah, but at the same time, she'd strap on some leather and spank your ass. She's a very attractive woman. You know, if you see her outside of the, the makeup and the costume and all that kind of stuff, she's a very attractive woman. Yeah. She found a niche and she ran with it. Yep. She's been playing it for years, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know who he totally forgot about? Besides the, geek, the Geico lizard. What, remember the Geico uh, caveman? Oh, oh, oh yeah. So easy a caveman could do it. Mm-hmm. That became a TV show. Wait, what? I actually enjoyed that show. I watched it. There was a caveman TV show for about like a season. What? Yeah. How did I miss this? Was this like a, a Ringo Starr like comeback to what? The commercial was popular enough that they made a TV show, a sitcom. Okay. So speaking of massive comeback, there's a great uh, transition here. Crazy. No, no, we're not going to Parks and Rec here. <laughs> uh, Old Spice had a complete brand reinvention with Isaiah Mustafa and uh, the man your man could smell like and later Terry Crews with the where Old Spice got weird. Oh, geez, they got really weird. <laughs> I mean, it, it just you think of Old Spice before those ad campaigns. It was something like your grandpa would wear as aftershave. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden oh, it's like, work. yeah. And now it's diamonds. <laughs> that uh, one of the things I like about those commercials is that they're all done in one shot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and good for them. Those are fantastic. I personally buy Old Spice products. Why? Because Terry Crews is the man. Yes, he is. If, I follow him on Facebook. <laughs> if if Terry Crews told me to buy whatever, I'd be like, "Awesome, Terry, I'm down with you." Currently, I'm enjoying him on um, the. Uh, he's on Reddit. On uh, he just built his first PC. Oh yeah, they're trying to get him to voice a character for Overwatch, or maybe he's trying to get them to let him voice a character <laughs> for Overwatch. Either way, it would be awesome. Either way, everybody wants this. No, ter- I, honestly, um, with the Old Spice stuff, if it wasn't for these commercials, I wouldn't even know that Old Spice still existed. Does anybody else use Old Spice? I think I got uh, one of their body washes. Nice. I do not. No. No? I use Gucci and Burberry. That's why you smell like... <laughs> if, if, if that's why you're pausing to find out what I do use. Yeah, that's because you smell like a fancy lad. That's right. I am a fancy lad. I hate those fancy lads. <laughs> Would you like to buy a monkey? <laughs> so... Shamwow, kind of weird. Dude was really excited over a uh, cloth. And then eventually, but those, those things work. They no, I won't lie. They definitely do what he said they would do. But then he didn't need to beat up a hooker to uh, get the point across. No, he didn't beat her up. He just bit her on the face. <laughs> well, that's better. Wow, it's such a fine line with you. It really is. <laughs> you you gotta have principles. Can we have a moment of silence for the one and the only Billy Mays? Oh, 
Apparently not. Oh, Billy Mays. Such the a sun is, is just a shadow. Well, how do you live up to that? A lot of cocaine. <laughs> what? No, Don't he's not Billy lying. Mays I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, Billy Mays, to what he, I mean, what he was, how he died, and all that other stuff, I will say that OxyClean is the shit. Oh, I use, <laughs> I use it all the time. Oh, my God. I Billy have, Mays here. <laughs> he is excited about whatever you want him to be excited about, and Billy Mays, OxyClean in my carpet cleaner is fantastic. I mean, OxyClean is a great product. It really is. Yep, it is. Have you guys seen that? Uh, is it on YouTube where they have like all of his commercials on one <laughs> one video? It's no, creepy. I have not seen that, and I probably won't. Hi, Billy Mays here, and it's that's too not- much. That's too much, Billy Mays. Yeah, it's creepy. That's a lot of Billy Mays. Now, <laughs> moving on, dude, you're getting Adele. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Hated that guy. See, I added that in there because I knew that there would be a instant disdain. Well, it's a combination of the fact that it was a shitty computer and an annoying commercial. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're getting Adele. It kind of sucks because like, your parents are cheap. Why are, are you cheap. bragging about that? What about Mac? Yeah. Mac versus PC? Those were kind of clever. Just yep. Still, still didn't make me want to buy a Mac. No. <laughs> no. Jay is still the only Macophile. <laughs> I was going to say, Jay, you are so sad for being drawn along by the uh, wiles of Justin Long. Oh, but who doesn't love Justin Long, though? His mom. Oh. <laughs> real, r- real men of genius. Those commercials are great. They are. What's your yeah, favorite? I really like those. What's your favorite? Oh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a follow-up question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I you know the reason the reason well, I asked that the wedding singer the, the wedding singer one was good. The what the one that I like is the one where they're um whether or not it's cool to tap the top of somebody's bottle to make it foam up. Short version, no. Yeah. No, that's totally Never. not cool. But at the same time, the the one with uh, Burt Reynolds and the look that he gives when somebody does it to him is fantastic. Oh, Mr. Chinese Food Delivery Guy was probably my favorite. Nice. Joel? I was trying to look him up to see which was which, but I don't know that I'm kind of a Josh where I'm, I don't know. All I right. like them all. Now, I tossed this one in here, this next one. To see if any of you would recognize this by the name. Is that the one where the guy gets into the boxing match with the bear? Yes, the one where he. Kicks- that was what I figured. Yeah, <laughs> the one but where for he- John West Salmon. Yes, the everyone remembers this one as the guy who kicks the grizzly bear in the nuts. Yep, this one was. <laughs> it was on YouTube. It was on Facebook. It was. It was brilliant. <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself. Um, John West, the John West Salmon one with the uh, with the guy fighting the grizzly bear for the salmon was fantastic. If anybody doesn't know exactly what we're talking about, 
look it up. I will post it on our Facebook page. But it's they, a good one. The guy doing a kung fu fight with a grizzly bear is completely worth the price of admission. Yeah, although you put it here as John West Salmon, but if you hadn't, I couldn't have told you what it was for. No, and that and that's why I put it in there that way. Because I wanted to see if you guys would be actually be able to remember it. I knew it was for Salmon, but I, I would never have been able to tell you the company. That's, and, and that's almost kind of sad. Because there's how many commercials do we remember that we don't know what they were actually for? Mm-hmm. Some intentional, some not. Exactly, but this one, I know for a fact Josh probably likes this one. What are you holding now? A six-pack. A six-pack? Brilliant! What'd you do? Well, I figured out how to carry six beers at the same time. Carry six beers at the same time? Brilliant! Let's drink them. You know, I've been thinking. It might not be the smartest idea to drink six beers at the same time. Don't drink six beers at the same time. Brilliant! Brilliant! Drink in a draft straight from the bottle. And always enjoy it responsibly. All right. Josh, as a man who has a pint of Guinness tattooed on his body... Yep, this is true. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, this is this is a brand that I have an ad for, literally with me at all times. And I, to this day, all right. Here's here's a little bit of introspection on the relationship between Josh and Mike. Josh showed up at the Starbucks that I managed with my boss and I having a meeting at the same time to show up and show me his Guinness tattoo. And you know what? I was proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty much drunk those that entire four-year period. Oh, you know, I work, I work for Starbucks. I completely was drunk the entire time. <laughs> this one, but yeah, I mean, you've got the Guinness brand that has its connection, especially to Ireland and to Irish Americans, which I am. Brilliant. Yeah, big difference between having a Guinness tattoo and a Bud Light tattoo. Mm-hmm. But Light Tattoo just has bad choices all around. Don't make fun of my Bud Light Tattoo. It's only because... Uh, I mean, you've got it as a tramp stamp. <laughs> That's so everybody can see it. <laughs> can you hear me now? Now, I tossed this one in here. I don't know. You- <laughs> Those were so annoying. What's that? Did you see that now he's a, a pitchman for the competition? Yep. Wait, what? The uh, Verizon Can You Hear Me Now guy is now uh, shilling for, I yeah. think... Sprint. Sprint. Yeah, Sprint. Can you hear me now? Now I'm working for somebody else because I paid more money. Good for him. Anybody who is able to make money out of five words... <laughs> Good for him. All right. No one else. Five words for you. Shut up. <laughs> That's two words. Shut the fuck up. That's three. I'm four. Four. four words. I'm coming to your house. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I am going to give you a paper cut on your taint. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that's a commercial for, but I don't want to buy it. <laughs> Pass. 
1-800 paper cuts. <laughs> now, I Come tossed this one in here. Apparently, according to Joel. Did uh, any of you watch the Dead Island trailer that I sent through the uh, chat? Yes, that was very awesome. I remember seeing it back in the day. Now, video game trailers and video game ads have kind of changed over the years. Initially, one of the things that we had uh, talked about for the then was a Sega one. Um, Dead Island, I tossed it in there because it was... It's the best way to put it. it. Kind of upsetting. I I agree with you. If you have not seen the original Dead Island trailer... The the premise is it starts out with a little girl laying dead on the lawn of a resort. And the whole the whole scene goes backwards. And you wind up discovering that the little girl actually turned into a zombie, attacked her dad, who gets thrown through a window, and she falls so many stories down, and the whole story goes backwards. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a beautiful commercial. It's well done, and it's it's heart wrenching, and just it's this is the first time I'd ever seen it. It was really. It's a shame the game was kind of meh. I know that's <laughs> a, that's the thing. It's like I wish the game was as good as the trailer that we saw. Unfortunately, it was not. Well, I mean, but, like most movies, they you know they, a lot of the best stuff is in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a groundbreaking ad. It was worth a mention in the show. Definitely. I w- I wish movies would go towards that where. You making your own little story, a new, a, a new script, a new shoot, everything for your trailer, not just you know pull bits and pieces out of the movie itself. Yep, that's what I wish. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't always drink beer. In fact, I very rarely do. But when I, I do. do I drink tequila. Oh. When I do, I prefer Dos Equis. Uh, what I thought was most interesting about the most interesting man in the world is for a long time, he was the most recognizable <laughs> Mexican character in advertising. And the guy is an old Jewish guy. <laughs> <laughs> I There's a Mexican restaurant in Naperville that I go to called Potter's Place. And when this commercial initially started coming out, I remember going to the going to the uh the place to get to get lunch and not understanding why they had a picture of Hemingway in the very back of the bar. <laughs> and I was like, I remember to be him. I, I was I remember looking at the waitress and being like, why do you have a picture of Hemingway back there? And she's like, dude, that's the uh, Des- Dosekis guy. Yeah, he's, got a, he's got a sweet gig. I mean, he, he gets to play this guy for the rest of his life. Oh, he's he's not the most interesting man anymore. No, no, as long as they keep the campaign going. But no, it's no. Gone. I mean, they replaced him. Yeah. yeah, they've already given up on it. Oh, wait, he's just not the actor anymore. Period. No, they well, like- they made a whole big thing about like him going off into space, and they replaced him with a less problematic, actually. Uh, uh, Oh, actually, he's not Hispanic. He's French. Jeez, these guys can't get it right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Jonathan Goldsmith is no longer the most interesting man in the world. 
It is now Augustine Lagrand. August. I was fooled again. Interesting. <laughs> Digital ads, anyone? They launched him into space. Ground control to Major Tom. And he is now the most interesting man in space. Ground control to Major Tom. The most interesting man not on the world. Much smaller pool, easier to win. Right, exactly. Um, is anybody else now? They've made a made a transition from commercials between shows to hey, every time you want to look at an, a YouTube video, you're going to see an ad. Unless you have ad blocker turned on. Uh huh. Good job. <laughs> Although, if I support a channel, like, I want to make sure that person gets paid, I'll actually manually turn the ad blocker off. Mm-hmm. I'm with and you on that. Some are getting good at, you know, overriding the ad blocker. It's a constant battle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's many times where it's been like, hey, I've noticed you have an ad blocker on. Turn this off and pay a dollar and we'll let you see exactly what you want to see. I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, if you turn off ad blocker, we'll let you see this. Like, I don't want to see it that badly. Now you turn it yeah. off. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And that's the challenge with modern commercials is how do you advertise to a populace that hates advertising? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to get them to buy into a character like a flow or a most interesting man in the world. And people will suddenly forget that they hate commercials. They hate ads. That guy's not even Mexican. That's problematic. <laughs> that's Hemingway yeah it's Hemingway um, one of the things that I really appreciate or not appreciate but I respect is uh, Geico they're like alright cool so everybody has 6 seconds to decide that they're not going to watch this ad we're going to make all our ads only 6 seconds good for if you if you have that or you have 6 seconds to draw their attention and they figured, fuck it, we'll just take six seconds worth of attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good on you. I mean, Geico is they're they're pretty they're pretty savvy about how to be, be good advertisers. That's true. Yeah, they are. Terrible company, but yes, very savvy advertisers. Yep. Anybody got anything else to add? Nope. Commercials for the now. And now no, I'm gonna schedule programming. I'm positive we've forgotten. Like we we didn't even talk about Juan Valdez. Now, now I'm questioning. Like, don't you remember the Colombian coffee guy? Yeah. I oh, Juan Valdez. Uh, how about um? What's that salsa one? Get a rope. Oh yeah, pace, pace, pace picante. Yeah. And that's the thing is like you really don't under you don't um you don't really get how many commercials weasel their way into your brain until you start thinking about it. Yeah, it's true. But the good ones, the good ones are worth remembering. That's why we salute you, Mr. Good Commercial Writer Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Yep. All right, All right, well, I guess that about wraps it up then, right? So what do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? I am the law. Oh, Joel, doing it. Right. Yeah, Joel's excited this about this one. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. 
see what you did there. We're doing the Judge Dread show all the way from Mega City One. Yeah, so even though we've already done the Sylvester Stallone show and talked a little bit about Dread, we're subjecting ourselves to that again just so we can watch the new Carl Urban Dread. We'll talk about both, see how they compare next week. If uh, you want to give us your thoughts on Dread or any of the commercials we talked about, your favorite from your local commercials, your country, or just uh, lambast us for forgetting a major commercial from the 80s, 90s, or today, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Today. That's like Jimmy Carter doing a um, doing an impression of Stuart. What's his name? Uh, Stuart Smalley. Little, not Stuart, Stuart Little. Stuart Little. <laughs>